Vegas. All right, here we go. 50 seconds early. Is Danny okay? I'm, I'm looking. Well, he doesn't have his coffee, <laughs> and he's over there worried about a board. It's stressful. It's stressful. It's great start Starting to the, the show league. early. Great start. Not too early. We're all right. We're good. We started like 40 seconds yeah. early. We're no, fine. Just so good. This situation over here. It's just the board. For the last six minutes, it's been off. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're good. Why you had we to on come the air? Me. I hope. Yeah. As long as we're on the air, we're good, Danny. We should we're, be. We're all good. Um, if you can hear us, text in. If you can't hear us, I guess you can't text. Uh, <laughs> if they can't hear us, they'll probably text and say we can't hear anything. That'd be helpful. Um, did you ever get your replacement coffee? No. Man. Wow. Steph. Man. Oh, it's, it's a week now. Do you give her dirty looks? No, because I never see her. They're off the air before we get done. Oh, she's over there this morning. Yeah, but I was working. Just go peer in their window. One of our long breaks, go peer in the window or just kind of walk up and down the hall. She'll go yeah. to the kitchen. Oh, man. For anybody that didn't tune in last week, Danny gets a coffee. Uh, he uh, puts it in the fridge. Last week, Steph from one of our sister stations decided she was going to clean out the fridge, threw away Danny's full coffee. Uh, she did tell him that she was going to buy him a new coffee, and that has not happened. And it's been a week now. Which I didn't think there's enough in the fridge to clean it out to begin with. Right? And how much stuff is in there? I mean, what, what, what's in that fridge? I don't know. Nothing, really. Right. It's like you, I know what is a coffee. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, coffee's not in the fridge. <laughs> so uh, she has not paid Danny back yet. Okay. All right, Danny. Well, got to get a free coffee at some point. Yeah. I Maybe. What do you got this morning? The Red Bull? Yeah, just a Red Bull. All right. You didn't you didn't choose to stop by the coffee place this morning? Nah, I'll go tomorrow. Wow. I'll go on my way home. Was it a tough work. weekend? D- yeah, Danny sounds sad. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, it was busy. Yeah, you sound sad. No. Here we go, Danny. No, not, not necessarily sad, just tired. The first bite. How high can UNLV finish in the Mountain West? Well, here we go. Five losses, I've called it. <laughs> Haven't the, every time you guys laugh at it, they just keep winning games. Speaking of, we they did just get a text. Ago. We got a text saying, I promised Ed after the game on Saturday that I'd text in the morning to remind you that 13-5 and five is still alive. Still you need alive, to remind him. Still alive. Didn't need to remind me. Thank you, though, for texting. I appreciate <laughs> it. 13-5, and five, baby. I just, you're asking how high they can finish. Are they you taking a victory lap already? Not yet. You sound like you are. I think that you guys would have thought that thirteen and five was out of commission by now. That's what I'm saying. I think you guys would have thought that thirteen and five would have been a would have been a non factor by now, and it's not. And they play at it Wyoming. Is. It is a non factor at by Wyoming, now. San Jose State. What's that make them? That makes them eleven and five. That makes them and ten and six. Eleven and five. Then then you get a little tough. Then you get a little tough. A little San Diego State <laughs> at Nevada. That becomes a little tougher. They only have to beat two teams they lost to already this season. Well, everyone's losing games. I mean, Air Force just won at New Mexico. Everyone's losing games. Um, they are tied for fourth with Nevada. Technically, right now, they would lose that tiebreaker, but they play again. They play again. So that tiebreaker is kind of irrelevant at the moment. Um, but t- right now, they're tied for fourth. Uh, Ken Palm projects UNLV to finish 11-7. and seven. Tied with Nevada and Colorado State, all three projected to go to 11 and 7. So that final game against Nevada could be a pretty big swing. That could be a game that decides who gets a bye and who doesn't get a bye in the Mountain West tournament. 
Also, Boise State and San Diego State are projected to go 12 and 6 and finish 2 3 in the Mountain West. I will tell you selfishly what I am cheering for. Please, dear God, get the four or the five seed. Well, sure, because of the times of the game. Please, dear yes. God, get the four or well, the five seed. The f- as a columnist on deadline, the four I'm as, cheering harder than you. As somebody who just wants to get normal amount of sleep, the four and five seed play the early game every single day until you're eliminated. Right, the the fir- if you're the four or five seed, you're going to play the first game of the day until you're eliminated. The six seed would play the last game of every day. So the first day, it's a four p.m. start, not that bad. But if you're the six seed. You'd play on Thursday at 8.30, and if you win, you'd play on Friday at 9 p.m. If these guys fall to the sixth seed, I'm going to be so mad. They're going to be tipping off at 10.30 one night because the game's going to go to double overtime earlier in the day. What do you think I'm going to be doing? You're not going to make deadline. The game tips <laughs> off after deadline. They start at 9 o'clock on Friday if everything is on time. Yeah, if everything's on time. God That's forbid what- an earlier game runs long. Then they're starting at 10. That's what Kevin Kruger said. Last week we were talking about seeds, and he started talking about it's more important about matchups, but he also said you also don't want to get off a court at 1230. Yes. By the way, did he, because I saw Grimala tweet this out, did he say that matchups were more important than the first round bye? Uh, no, he he said, he goes, when you get to the tournament, matchups are the most important thing, he said, but you but the first first round bye is important. He didn't, he didn't like. Well, the bye is more important the than the matchups. I agree with that. But did, but did Kruger say matchups are the most important thing? I'm trying to remember the exact quote because I don't want to put words in it. Okay. Mouth, but he did mention matchups first. Because th- Mike's tweet was matchups are more important than the bye, is what Mike tweeted out. And I assume Mike didn't put words in Kevin Kruger's mouth. Because the bye is more important than whatever matchups you get. Because nobody's ever won four games in four days to win the Mountain West right. tournament. And matchup wise, I mean, is there. I think San Diego State's the worst matchup for UNLV. But outside of that, I don't, I don't view any of these other teams as like, ah, thank God you got Colorado State instead of Boise State, or thank God you got Utah State instead of Nevada. Like I think they're all sort of in the same, same general boat, yeah. grouping yeah. that you'd rather have the buy than. Well, yeah, you'd rather a, have to win three in three days. Yeah, there's except no for, question. Except for New Mexico, they can beat New Mexico no matter where. That's true. Yeah, they, that, that's, that's a true. free win. If they get New Mexico in the Mount West tournament, that's a free win. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They'll keep rolling there. So they beat Colorado State 66 to 60. Um DJ Thomas had a big game, 23 points. Uh did most of his damage at the free throw line. He actually didn't shoot very well for a 23-point game. Only 5 of 14, but he was 12 of 12 on free throws. Only had one assist as well. It's mm-hmm. it's the first time that I think he's had a really good game where his assist total wasn't a part of it. Like he was the scorer for UNLV. He also was tied for the team lead with six rebounds. Big game for DJ Thomas. I wanted to ask you this because I thought this was fascinating. First half of this game, there were nine combined fouls. Uh, combined it foul went fouls. fast. That was a fast first right. half. Nine fouls combined both teams. Second half, there were 25. And yeah. only two of those were Colorado State intentionally fouling In the because end. they're losing. There were seven fouls called in the final 90 seconds. And if you exclude the two intentional fouls, the last eight like real possessions of the basketball game, there were five fouls called. And this has happened in all of UNLV's recent close games. The game against Nevada, there were 15 first-half fouls. 
there were 27 in the second half. That Fresno State game that UNLV almost blew at the end, 10 in the first half, 21 in the second half. What? I don't understand what's happening in these games. Mountain West refs? (laughs) It's like they play the first half, and they're like, yeah, whatever you want to do. And then second half, it's like They call a a touch on everything, yeah. It was it was unreal. Oh, they were in the bonus quickly. Yeah, both of them. And I like it's like they changed at halftime what how they were going to call foul the game. was going to yeah. be. It was bizarre to me. And here's the thing: UNLV took full advantage of that. They took 31 free throws in that game. Yeah, and by the way, made 26 of them. Second highest total of any game this season for both makes and attempts. The only one that was more was that St. Mary's game that went to double overtime. And here's the thing: UNLV. They rank 197th in free throw percentage. They're basically a dead average free throw shooting team. They made 84% of their free throws yeah. against they Colorado from State. from the line. Yeah, they, they absolutely did win that game with free throws. And DJ Thomas made all 12 of his free throws. Remember, we talked about this at one point. He was shooting like 63% from the free throw line. It was kind of like, what's like he should be a better free throw shooter than that. He's made 40 of his last 44 free throws on the season. He has turned around... Everything. Whatever was happening at the free throw line. The only unfortunate part of that is that two of those misses were the two at the end against Nevada that he could have given them the lead. Um, but they absolutely won that game at the free throw line because Colorado State didn't get nearly as many attempts, only 18. And Colorado State, top 30 team in the country in free throw percentage, they only made 12. They shot under 70% from yeah. the free throw line. Like That was the ultimate difference in the game was free throws for UNLV. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, Luis Rodriguez made some key ones down the stretch as well. Yeah. He made some key ones. They were 10 of 10 the last minute and 26 seconds, I believe. Yeah. So that's where they won the game. It was a good right. win. The The refs decided everything was a foul in the second half, and UNLV took complete advantage, advantage of that of by not only getting the line, but also making, making them. them. The bad news for UNLV, Rob Whaley left that game. Um, Kevin Kruger said afterwards it was an ankle injury. He was holding his knee, though, when he was down on yeah, the floor. Yeah, I thought it looked more like a leg or knee, but then Kevin Kruger yeah. kind of let it slip. Maybe we use the word ankle afterwards. Um, he left with 18.41 left in the second half. Uh, he had started the last eight games. He's averaging 11.1 points per uh, game since he started. What is UNLV without Robert Whaley? Hmm. Not as good at the moment. I don't think they're as good without Robert Whaley, but... They did close that game out, yep. and they did win the game against a good team. Um, so, doesn't mean they can't continue to do that. But he he certainly helped him. His energy, um, his his play inside. Um, you take him out of the lineup, like taking a lot of those guys out of the lineup, they're not as good. But um, to close that game out showed a lot. Uh, they bring in Isaiah Isaiah Cattrall. He played ten minutes. Yeah, he played ten minutes. Last five. The fascinating part about Isaiah Cottrell. He played over Caleb Boone. Last five. Yeah. Like, Rob Whaley's hurt, so Whaley's not there. But Kevin Kruger didn't just play Isaiah Cottrell because Rob Whaley was out. He benched Caleb Boone for Isaiah Cottrell, which was fascinating because Isaiah Cottrell's been behind Carl Jones for the majority of the season for center minutes off the bench. And Cottrell played. So they used Cottrell and Brooklyn Hicks. Technically, Brooklyn Hicks is who was in the game for Rob Whaley. I think losing Rob Whaley is a big loss because I don't know who they go to off the bench. If they've lost him. Yeah, that we'll is know true. know more today. That is true. Um, but, like, is Justin Webster any good? Because Justin Webster was in the starting lineup to start the year. 
he got hurt, did not play well, got hurt, and that's when they went to Rob Whaley. And since they – here's the fun stat for you. First 18 games of the season, Bart Torvik ranking, which is very similar to Ken Palm, UNLV 106th in those first 18 games. The last eight, and that's when Rob Whaley got put into the starting lineup, their Bart Torvik rank for just the last eight games, 41st in the country. They are outside the top 100, and then when Whaley puts it into the starting lineup, they're basically an NCAA tournament level team. Now, it's not just been because of Whaley. They've had other guys play well in that stretch. But if Justin Webster's like not good, which he hasn't been this year, I don't know who the right answer is for them starting in place of Rob Whaley. Maybe Brooklyn Hicks. It might be. He's not great defensively. They're going to lose a lot on the defensive end if they put him in. They obviously lose a lot of size swapping Whaley to Hicks, and he's Hicks might be their worst defender overall. So maybe it's him. Maybe it's Justin Webster. I would guess it's Justin Webster because that's who Kruger started at the beginning of the year. But again, he hasn't been very good this year. I'd be surprised if it was Isaiah Cottrell. Um, but I guess technically they could do that and play really big with two centers. But I think the bigger problem, obviously losing Whaley and what he brings, it, like he brings a lot to this team. He can score points. But I think losing Whaley, it's more about, well, what are you replacing him with? Because I don't know that they have a lot of guys off that bench that you can really, truly trust to go play 20, 30 minutes. And that's going to be the issue for UNLV. Now we could show up to practice today and Rob Whaley could be fine. It could be. I'd be surprised if that happened. I don't know. But he could be. I have no idea. I mean, we haven't heard. We didn't hear anything yesterday. I'm going to be at practice today, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he was helped off the court, and he was he couldn't put any weight right. on it, and so, didn't come didn't come back and to he the didn't bench. Come or back anything. to the bench, so, so that's usually a sign that you know he's he got hurt um, pretty badly. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Ankles, you know, it depends on the severity of it. Some guys bounce back quicker than others if it's an ankle. I think I might start Jackie Johnson. Okay, I think that might be where I go. Justin Webster, if he's playing well, is better, but we haven't really seen him play well. I think Jackie Johnson gives you enough defense, despite being smaller. He's pretty good for his size defensively. And the thing you're missing with Rob Whaley is sort of the the six points in two-minute type thing that he does seemingly every game. Jackie Johnson can do that. Now, he might take some threes, and you're like, All right, what are you shooting that one for? Let's calm down out there. But he absolutely can give you a 6-0 run in 90 seconds or something like that. So I think I might go Jackie Johnson if it were up to me, but I'd guess Kruger goes Justin Webster would be my guess, and we'll see how well Webster plays and then ultimately how – because here's, here's the real issue with it. Who's the Who comes who plays in the front court for UNLV? Right. With Caleb. Right, because all the options – Justin Webster, Jackie John, those Brooklyn Hicks, those are all cards. Right. Right. Are you really going to give Isaiah Cottrell 15, 20 minutes? Are you going to give Carl Jones 20 minutes? Like that's neither one of those are very good options. Um, so that might be the bigger issue is that uh, how do you manage front court minutes? And especially we haven't seen it in a little while. It's been pretty good about this, but Caleb Boone has gotten into foul trouble in quite a few games this year. If they run into a game where Caleb Boone has three fouls with in the first half. eight minutes to go in the first half, you might be getting 20 minutes of Carl Jones in a basketball game, and that's probably not a great way to actually win these games. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll get into the Golden Knights after they lost to the Ottawa Senators. Marcia still got the puck to center, swung forward by Brisson, but gathered away by Tim Stutzla. Now a turnover and a score! 
Jonathan Marcheseau pots goal number 30, and the Knights take a 1-0 lead. You're on the elevator up to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. We're trying to give away $2,024 a day here at Lotus, and here is all you have to do to get entered to win. You just have to send us a text message every day, 7 to 5. There's a new keyword. I'll give you that keyword. You text it in to 702-364-1100, and you're entered to win. Then enter the next keyword the next day. You're entered to win the next day as well. Today's word is stardust. It's all one word. Don't send us two words. All one word, stardust, S-T-A-R-D-U-S-T. Stardust is the keyword. Text stardust to 702-364-1100, and you will be entered to win $2,024. Make sure you do that by 5 p.m. today. Text stardust to 702-364-1100. The Golden Knights over the weekend lost to the Ottawa Senators in a shootout, so they got a loser point. They actually, Ed, for the first time this year, the Golden Knights got a point after they had to pull their goalie. Well, to start, <laughs> right? It is February. It is almost March. And for the first time this year, they pulled their goalie, ended up getting a point out of a game. It's only the second empty net goal that they have scored. They scored one earlier this year when they were down by two goals, but it's only the second time they've done that. They have been for the entirety of the season, the worst team in the league. When they pull their goalie, they just haven't been able to score goals, Uh, but they did and got a point out of this one, despite ultimately losing in the shootout. This though, I think is the concerning part. The golden Knights in that game were basically a one line team. And that one line was Brendan Brisson, William Carlson, and Jonathan Marcheseau. Those three scored the only five-on-five goal for the Golden Knights. They had a good Corsi, 61%. They had a good expected goals rate, 75%. The other lines in this game, Barbashev, Stevenson, Amadio, below 50% in Corsi and expected goals. Cotter, Waugh, and Kolasar, they had a 25% expected goals rate. That's horrific. The fourth line of Mason Morelli, Brendan uh, Fraze, and um, Sheldon Rimple, actually, they had pretty good numbers. They were over 50%, but they played just seven minutes together. They were barely on the ice in that one. They don't have Jack Eichel. They don't have Mark Stone. Um, you know, Will Carrier's out as well. Do they have enough forward talent to like win games? Obviously, they'll win some they'll games. They'll win some but- games, but I think the reason we're starting to already see reports of who they've checked in on forward-wise for the trade deadline, they don't think they have enough forward depth to win a lot of games. They'll win some games. They might need like six forwards or something like that. But Well, with the money they have available. It's quite a lot. But it's like because you lose your top two forwards, obviously there are still other good players, right? Marcheseau and Carlson are obviously good players. And they had a good game. Those two in that line had a good performance against Ottawa. But there, you know, you can't even beat Ottawa when you only have one good forward right. line. You need other good forward lines, and so the part that I'm fascinated by is right now, or at least in that game, the second line was Barbashev, Stevenson, and Amadio. That's a tough one to call a top line. That's basically a line of guys. Second line, right? Like that's a line of guys who get put with Eichel or Stone or Carlson yeah, to be better. Right, they get carried by the better players, and right now, 
those are three of their five best forwards. Like they're they're on a line together, and I don't know that that's going to be good enough to 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 get you wins, right? Like I, it's wasn't against Ottawa, and it probably won't be the rest of this week. They got four more on this road trip. I just don't know that that's good enough at this point to get you enough wins to stay afloat in the Pacific Division. I mean, Eichel should be back before the season ends. Mark Stone, we don't really know, but it's likely that he won't play the rest of the regular season. So they've got to figure something out there. The trade deadline's coming up in about two weeks, so that could obviously provide some help, but I just don't think they have the forward help Right. forward talent to win a lot of games yeah. they'll win some um and then here's the other thing are the golden knights good even when healthy uh i think when healthy they're they can win the cup they started the year 11-0-1 since november 5th so that's since that 11-0-1 start they're 21-19-6 and 21 wins in 46 games that's the 22nd best record in the NHL. Now, they've Shea, missed some guys. Shea Theodore's missed a big chunk in that. Aiden Hill missed significant time. Jack Eichel's missed some time the last three weeks, I think it's been. Now Mark Stone. Stone's only missed a couple of those games. But now Mark Stone. Is that explained away simply by injury? I don't know if 21-19-6 is completely explained away, but I think it's a big chunk of it. I think it's I fair. Think it's a big chunk of it. I think it's fair right now, whatever happens in the next couple of weeks, to point to injuries because the forward depth is so depleted. But outside of that, like, yeah, they lost Shea Theodore, but they've had good defensive play. They've had most of their other defensemen healthy, and even the guys that have had to come in have played well. Caden Korzak got a game while Zach Whitecloud got healthy scratched because Korzak was playing well, right? So I don't think it's fully injuries, and... I think this team might be a lot closer to average than they are to Stanley Cup contenders. Really? Even completely healthy? 100% healthy? Well, they're not going to be 100% healthy. Well, we don't know. I mean, Mark, if Mark, Mark Stone's, Stone's playing, Mark Stone's healthy. spleen is not 100% healthy. Right. But here, here's the thing. We talked about it last week. I don't think Aiden Hill's going to be best goalie in the league good the rest of the season. I think there's a better chance Aiden Hill is average goaltender the rest of the season. And if you get average goaltending on Aiden Hill, that decreases the ceiling of this team. That brings down how good they can actually be. And then you throw on top of that any injuries whatsoever, and this team might be in some trouble. But I just don't think this team, I think they're a lot closer to average than they are top of the league. And 21-19-6 is not very good. 21-19-6 is borderline plus missing the playoffs, probably, if you do that over the course of an entire season. So... I don't know that this team... What did I say earlier in the year? I can't remember my exact prediction, but I'd like to stay consistent. Did I say they weren't getting out of the first round? I said that at some point. Danny just put out Hold a pad on, of me, paper. Let me check my notes. You actually write these things down? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that I can go back and pull the sound. Have, I, you, read, have you written down 13 and 5? He doesn't have to. We'll remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said something along the That's lines. That's a while of, ago. That's a lot of paper. Oh, yeah. Ago. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> uh, Tyler predicts first round loss by VGK. Yeah, they're not getting out of the first round. Can I can I amend you, that to just say they don't get out of the first round? You said that on October 25th from 7 to 7.15 a.m. Yeah, there we go. Danny, I am impressed. I did not he know He doesn't do ex- anything with it. I did not know these existed. Oh, yeah. Ed, he, 
I was a writer for a while. I know okay? that. I know that. Here's I the thing, though. Notes I, like so the, that I, I like the reporter's notebook over there. I, I actually have quite a few of those notes to go back and pull sound on a few things that you guys He doesn't say. do anything with it, though. No, I'm waiting. It's not playoffs. Danny, I said like six times the Kansas City Chiefs can't win the Super Bowl. And what happened? You didn't pull the sound of that after they won the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's not as big as when you first said the Golden Knights weren't going to get out of the first like round. You got like six pages. What else is in there? I oh, said I a team a can't win the Super Bowl, and then they did. I have a lot more. You these should are, have pulled that and played it. The in, you should still be playing it. These are all just notes for like, uh, uh, just for me to make promos and stuff. Ed, don't give him any credit. Like for this. Ed, um, Ed predicts NCAA tournament by UNLV. That's on here. <laughs> I did? Yep. When was that? Uh, and then... Wait, do you have a date for that? Uh, yes, that was November 8th. So oh, that's a while ago. First week of the season. Oh, first week of the season. Come on. they I don't even know if they played Southern yet. I hope not. Uh, I if don't you said that did. after they lost oh to Southern, God. I think that was... had you checked out. I think that was going into the Southern game. All right, all right, well... I mean, come on. All right. Do something with that, Danny. Oh, I will. You've got a terrible a list of terrible predictions from us. I also you wrote down. You mocking us every day. I also wrote down, and I can't remember if I made a promo out of it. You called uh, Nichols and Pisano better than Cole and Carlson. Yeah, well, that's true. That's just, I don't even have to take that one back. By the way, AJ Cole, big Vegas Thrill fan. He's at every home game, courtside. Well, his wife's volleyball. No, that's Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. Oh, really? But they sit next to each other every home game. I mean, A.J. Cole could be, too. I don't know. I just know that Aiden O'Connell's wife played volleyball in college. Saw them on Saturday. Tried to talk to him. Couldn't get to him. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger joins the show. He studies numbers for a living. Cheering for Vanderbilt makes him feel like he's cheering for the Chicago Bears. PFF's Brad Spielberger joins the press box. We do not have Brad Spielberger, which gives me time to yell at you people for texting in Stardust is two different words. Get it together, people. It's one word, Stardust. Text it to 702-364-1100, and you'll be entered to win our $2,024 a day contest. 702-364-1100. Text in the word Stardust, one word, and you are entered to win. That is S-T-A-R-D-U-S-T, all one word. Um, so Danny is hopefully going to start pulling our bad predictions because we make a lot of them around here. Um, Ed had UNLV going to the NCAA tournament before the prior season started. to Southern prior to Southern we'll see. still had him. Um, and I had Kansas city not ever winning the Super Bowl. Danny still hasn't pulled that. That's what I'm disappointed in though, is that Danny has the, like, you yeah, should but be you playing said that, that every so day. much throughout the season, even worse. You should be pulling that. You should be playing that every day. Yeah, but it's also not as extreme of a prediction as like. Yes, I said a team can't win the Super Bowl and they won it. That's about as bad as it gets. I mean, what could be worse than that? Well, VGK not getting out of first round—that's a bolder prediction than saying the Chiefs weren't going to no, win the not. Super Bowl. Sure, it was. The no. Chiefs looked awful when yeah. you made that prediction. The Ch- exactly the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl had like a. Five to ten percent chance happening when I say that. I think that. you made that prediction the the day after uh, they lost when O'Connell didn't yes. complete a pass. Yeah. So I said they couldn't do it. There was like a five to ten percent chance it would happen. But the it Golden Knights been, getting out of the first round right now is like thirty percent, 
fifty percent, something it, like that. It would have been a much bigger deal had you said they're not going to win the Super Bowl if they were like fifteen and zero. Yeah. Okay. But they did. Yes. Yeah. They proved me wrong. The Golden Knights getting, not getting out of the first round wouldn't be that surprising right now. There's it, a less. It would have been when you said it. There's a less than fifty percent chance the Golden Knights get out of the first round. Right. But you you originally made that statement when they were like eleven zero and one. Yeah. Because yeah. they were peaking at the wrong time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why it is a major statement. Yeah. They're not getting out of the first round. They might. It, they might not even make the first round at this point. Yeah. That was end of October. Yeah. This was a great time. <laughs> Danny they're, takes they were great notes. But he doesn't do anything with it. Because I'm waiting for the right time to pull them. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Nah. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's got notes over there. He's Good job. Notes. But he hasn't done anything with them. It'd be like if you took notes from some interview and then didn't use any of the quotes. I mean, 95% of everything in here I use because I make promos every day. You need to play it on the show. All right. Like as a rejoin, every time you Tyler say something said dumb, the Chiefs couldn't win the Super Bowl. Every time you say something yes. dumb, I'll play it. We might not even have a show, but I'll play <laughs> it. When Selection Sunday comes and goes and UNLV is not in the NCAA tournament, I expect Ed predicting it would be in the NCAA tournament on Monday's show. Yes, that'll be there. Yes. It, it'll be part of the Open. And All if right. they do All make right. it, you got to play it as well because they made yeah, it. Yeah, they made it. So yes, you know it, it would happens. also be part of the open. And when they one lose, way or the other, when they lose on Tuesday to Wyoming, you can play one of his thirteen and five predictions as well. Yeah, sorry, Ed. Well, don't get ready for that because they're winning at Wyoming. Are they? Yes. Well, I've got them thirteen and five. They better win at Wyoming. Well, you need them <laughs> to win out. Yeah. My uh, other prediction is that Jonathan Marchessault will break William Carlson's franchise record. Of 43 goals. Right, and I say no. Marcheseau scored again. He's up to 30. He's tied his career high. Uh, he needs 10 goals in 24 to get to 40, which seems almost likely at this point. But he needs 14 and 24 to pass William Carlson. His current 82-game pace is 43.2. So his current pace gets him right to William Carlson's record, and he's going to break this. I don't think he is. He's gonna be, He's about to be playing 29 minutes a night, given the other forwards that are on the roster. <laughs> if they score a goal, it's going to have to be him. He's scoring every night. He's going to score every single night for the Golden Knights. He's getting there. 44 strong from Jonathan Marcheseau. I'm, pay, I'm moving my pace up. 42. You're, chain, you're going up one? I'm going up one. 42. Ah, he's got to break it. He can't get to 42. That's too close. We'll see. If he stays healthy, he's going to get there. That's probably the that that to me is my biggest concern at this point. Is this this guy going to make it to the end of the year? Because I don't know if anybody on this roster is going to make it to the end of the year. Yeah, they're banged up. Uh, William Carlson's been playing well since he got back. Uh, he could he could take some of those goals from Johnny Marchessault. He's going to assist all of them. He's going to help Marchessault break his own franchise record. Brisson's getting a little action with those two. What? Somebody, I mean, has yeah, to. somebody has to go up. I mean, good for the kid. <laughs> good for the kid. He had an assist. I think he had an assist the other night. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to, if they're going to keep those two together, somebody's going to play well next to them because they're going to be a good line. The problem is, is all the, the other three lines might be the worst three lines in hockey. Well, that's a, that's a big ass. They just lost to Ottawa. So they probably are the worst three lines in hockey. <laughs> It's terrible. We're running out Michael Amato. Michael Amato might be the best guy in the line. Chandler's like they really need Chandler Stevenson to be good. Like that that's what that's a player they right. absolutely need to be good. Because Stevenson has not had a good year. 
They absolutely need Chandler Stevenson to be a good player. And the problem is, is that the most of Stevenson's time with the Golden Knights, when he's played well, it's because he's been playing with Mark, Mark Stone. Stone. That's been the majority of his Golden Knights career. Now, he's fit well with Mark Stone. That's been a good pairing. But ultimately, with no Mark Stone and no Jack Eichel, you need Stevenson to do something on his own. And I'm not 100% convinced he can actually do that. Well, he hasn't done it this year. Yeah. So He had two the other night? Two Am what? I missing? Yeah, two goals. Yeah. Yeah. He, okay. yeah. But not they none of it was at five on five. He scored the empty netter and he scored a power play goal. Okay. And yeah, scoring power play goal is very good, by the way. But they need something five on five because they got beat up five on five when it wasn't Carlson, Marcheseau, and Brandon They were Brissella. positive afterwards. They thought they it was a good ice. start to the trip. They were all positive. They said, Hey, it's a good way to start the trip. Got a point, wanted two, but got a point, got what out of a, there. What a loser mentality. Ooh, they're at Toronto. They give up seven again? I know. No, no, they won't give up seven again. No. Zayden Hill make five, it through the no. whole game? They won't give up seven. You're saying five? Yeah, give up five. Does Aiden Hill get pulled, Danny? No. I think they'll be spread out. It's not going to be one after another. Get your notebook out. <laughs> you have a pen? <laughs> of course. Always got a pen. You don't have to mark your own predictions over there. I just I got to find – well, I got to write down promos, you know? <laughs> I'm ready. You uh, left-handed? Yes. Really? Yeah. Some, you learn something every new, every day. I didn't know he was left-handed either. Know. No wonder he falls off of cliffs and runs into walls. I don't think that's a lefty thing. It probably is. Yeah, it probably is. If you're left-handed, you're either really good at basketball, really good at hockey, or you just run into things. Those are your only three yeah, options. Yeah, I've never played hockey, so I don't know. Yeah. Can you use scissors? Yeah. Okay. What kind of question like is that? Like you can cut them with your right yeah. hand? I can cut them with both hands. Yeah, but scissors are, scissors are designed to be made one-handed. Like with one hand or the other. There are left-handed scissors, and they are legitimately different from right-handed scissors. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. You've never been cutting with a normal pair of scissors with your left hand, and it wouldn't cut? No. It's something with the angle of where the blades cross or something like that. I don't know enough about it, but it won't cut the paper right. It'll, like, tear the paper if you try to use them with the offhand or something like that. Yeah. Like, it'll still cut it, but it's going to be kind of grotesque cuts, not nice and smooth cuts. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. He's a fake lefty, Ed. I'm pretty lefty. He's a fake lefty <laughs> over here. Unbelievable. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Raiders and what could happen to Antonio Pierce. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Earlier this month, Antonio Pierce said that the Raiders have the Mahomes rule, Mahomes rules, like the Detroit Pistons had the Jordan rules uh, mentioned about you got to hit him. Also said the quote, we got to knock the head off the snake, 15, which is Patrick Mahomes' number. Mike Florio reached out to the NFL and asked if the NFL had to comment on this. They did not comment on this. Do you think the Raiders are going to get punished for this? I'm upset they didn't comment because I thought it was more of a Lombardo calling uh, Goodman. <laughs> And saying, uh, please don't say these things. <laughs> and not really punishing outright, but just having a quick call with Antonio and saying, you know what? Probably not the best things to say unless you win something and you haven't won anything. And have been to two playoffs since 2002. So let's not get crazy. That's the one thing. We talked about this last week. We hope he doesn't change because he gives a lot of material. 
Um, but uh, it will be better if they win and he does this. Yes. Because if they l- continue yeah. to lose and he does this, it's like, yeah. If, they, if they're <laughs> winning, and by winning I mean not 5-4 and four to end the second half of the season. By winning I mean like they're in the playoffs and they don't, they don't even have to like win the Super Bowl. But if they're winning playoff games on a regular basis – then this is great. Right. He's going to be talking so much trash right. at all times. If they're losing, it's going to be hilarious, but it's going to be a disaster. Because right. if he's walking around talking about, ah, the Mahomes rules, and then they give up 50. To Kansas. You're going to be like, ah, great rules <laughs> there, Antonio. Yeah, this is, but, the snake got you. Right. How many games do we see victory cigars? Every one, right? That's, that's just a thing. You now. mean wins? No, just games in general. Well, they won't do it after they lose. Every every win. But will they do it every win or I think just so. just big ones? I think they'll do it after every win. They, I think they did it once they started it last yeah. year. They well, they started against win. the Jets. Yeah, but they did it every every win. So yeah. keep it going. Just do it every time now. Uh, victory cigar because a one and zero is just as good as winning the Super Bowl to Antonio Pierce. So they'll do it after every game. Um, what would you do to him? Reprimand him? So yeah, you might call him and say, hey, let's not yeah, let's, talk about uh, hitting let's Mahomes. Not talk about There's nothing you really do to him for saying we're going to have the Mahomes rules and take the head off the snake or anything like that. I think I'd be more curious to see are they are the refs more vigilant when the Raiders play the Chiefs this year at calling anything the Raiders do to Mahomes? Because they've seen these comments? I mean, heard about them? Antonio Pierce basically said we're going to take cheap shots in it at – Patrick Mahomes like he basically said we're going to hit him when it's not necessary which that's was his meaning of the Jordan rules because he was like yeah yeah they hit him all the time that's basically what he said so if it's after the whistle and even if it's not something that would generate a flag usually if somebody takes a small shot at Mahomes after the whistle I'm curious if the refs are like yeah we're flagging every time you get too close to him when he doesn't have the ball in his hands because your coach said you were going to hit him right so I'd be curious to see because as much as people lament protecting the quarterback, the NFL protects the quarterback for a reason. They're the most important players. They're the most well, popular players. Especially him. Right. And we just witnessed an entire season of, oh, my God, Tyson Bagent is starting. Like, we just witnessed an entire season of bad quarterbacks. Right. Why? Because so many starters got, got hurt. hurt. And the worst thing that can happen for the NFL is you lose star quarterbacks on cheap shots. After the whistle, after the play. The game's already, you know, dangerous enough. You're going to have guys get injured just in the normal course of playing football. You can't have Patrick Mahomes getting hurt because Max Crosby took a shot at his knee five seconds after the play was over. That's just a disaster for the NFL. So I wonder if there's some more vigilance around watching the Raiders when they play the Chiefs. And maybe, listen, any quarterback they play because... If your whole idea is... A lot of snakes out there. Yeah, if your whole idea is we got to take out Mahomes, you should probably be thinking the same thing about all the quarterbacks right. you play, or at least the good ones. I guess if you're playing, well, they lost to Tyson Bajan. They should have taken the head off that snake. <laughs> they let Tyson Bajan run around and bite him a lot. So, but that's... Well, everything Antonio Pierce said is against what the NFL actually does in practice with quarterbacks. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Raiders-Chiefs game, and there are a lot of flags on the Raiders for things that are uh, soft because the refs are looking for it more and more. Also because Antonio Pierce will probably say these same things again. Yes, yes. I don't think there's any doubt about like that. Like week before they play the Chiefs, he'll probably say take these the same head, take things. Take the head off the right. snake. Like I don't think he's changing very much, so that wouldn't be too surprising. 
at all. Um, one other thing. Danny, are you excited about the NFL potentially using the XFL-style kickoff? Yeah, it'll be fun. Do you mind explaining to everybody what the XFL-style kickoff is? Uh, I got to think. So I know the the everyone but the kickers line up about, I think it's five or ten yards apart, and I believe it's on the receiving end 20 and 30, and then obviously the kicker kicks to the returner. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on the penalty though. I know if the ball doesn't go past the blocker line, it's a penalty and the receiving team gets the ball on the kicking side of the field. Oh, that's a hell of a penalty. Yeah. Like, yeah, they get it at like, I think the kicking side 40 or 45. The entire idea of this is to prevent full speed collisions on kickoffs because you have everybody again, except the kicker and the returner are 10 yards apart. So that's not guy running full speed 40 yards before running into somebody and to prevent injuries the competition committee in the nfl is discussing this we saw a historic low number of kick returns this past season because of the new changes to the kickoff rule i've said it before just get rid of the kickoff start at the 25 just get yeah just get rid of it we don't we, we don't need a kickoff i there's it's pointless it's a it's not something that people are that excited about. Yes, there's a Devin Hester from the mid two thousands that was exciting, but we don't need kickoffs. They're pointless. I do like their onside kick version though. The XFL onside kick is you you get a fourth and fifteen. Right. You send exactly. your offense out there, yes. you run a, what's effectively a fourth and fifteen, right. I think from your own twenty. And if you convert it, you get the ball. If you don't, the other team gets the it's ball the right there. Right. So I, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine with me. If I can convert a fourth and fifteen, I can just keep the ball forever. I think that's great as well. But I'd have no problem if the NFL just said, "Yeah, we're getting rid of kickoffs." Who would be upset about that? Besides special teams coordinators, guys who might lose their jobs. But who? I mean, guys who are specialists that might they might choose another position because they don't want a, a kick returner. Yeah, and he's like the fourth, fifth receiver. And but there's they, teams they are still going to they're position. not going to they're not going to cut the roster down. The roster no, still going to be, be the same different size. Position. Yeah, who cares? Then somebody else gets the job. I mean, you just said who would be upset about it. I said right. guys who might lose their job. They'll yeah. still be on the team. We had this conversation last year and yeah. I said all the fringe team players would get affected because normally they get a spot on kick return or kickoff. And but there's still like, the same right, we'll amount get of better at your other spot. Yeah, there's still the same amount of roster spots. Yes, like two guys on a team who were great kickoff coverage guys might lose it, but that just means somebody else who plays corner better is going to make it. We don't care about those. Yeah, we're just re- we're just replacing guys nobody can name. Yeah, That's all we're doing. And then you'll have ten corners instead of eight and two good special teams players. You'll have zero good special teams exactly. players. Exactly. Because I'm getting rid of all of them. We're gonna, eventually there's going to be no special teams at all, just offense and defense.